Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kinnan with you here bringing you another week's edition of the podcast. Excited uh, to do this and release an episode each and every week, especially as things are starting to heat up in the Horizon League. Jordan Burnfield is going to be our guest on this week's uh, podcast. Jordan Burnfield, for I believe, what, the last nine years um, has been the voice of Horizon League basketball on the ESPN package. Um, And this season, of course, uh, already off to a great start last week, uh, Wright State gets a win over Cleveland State. Um, They've announced some upcoming ESPN broadcasts, but the one that we're highlighting this week, another Wright State game, That will feature uh, Wright State and Youngstown State, two of the top teams in the conference. According to the preseason polls, things looked a little dicey for Wright State throughout the non-conference portion of the season. But when you look at what they've done over the last week and a half, uh, Wright State is officially living up to the expectations coming in. They took care of business against Cleveland State at home last Thursday. Then they uh, get a huge win, their biggest win of the season, knocking off Purdue-Fort Wayne. uh, And that was their second straight win. And then they capped it off with a win. Uh, against Robert Morris on Wednesday night. And now Wright State turns their attention towards Youngstown State. And Youngstown State is fired up and ready to go to welcome in Wright State for a 9 p.m. tip-off on ESPN2 uh, on Friday night. So depending on when you're listening to this, we're previewing this matchup for tomorrow night or we're, or we're previewing it for tonight, however you want to view it. But nonetheless, um, we're already starting to, to get a vibe of who the teams are going to be uh, contending for this regular season title as things continue uh, to shake out. I mean, obviously, Oakland off to a very good start. You look at Green Bay. Green Bay, uh, under Sundance Wicks, was not expected uh, to be a major player in this season's Horizon League slate, but they're off to a 5-2 and two start in Horizon League play, and one of those five wins coming against Wright State in the, in the conference's opening weekend, um, you know, to close out the 2023 calendar year. So at the end of the day, so many things are unpredictable. And so many of these games in early January, which a lot of coaches and players will say, well, you got plenty of time. You could lose the conference in January. I mean, heck, even those early conference games that are sprinkled in in early November, you have an off night in early November and lose the conference by one game. That's a big deal, especially uh, when it comes to seeding purposes, uh, when it comes to the Horizon League tournament. Because there's no secret about it. Look, it's a one-bid league. So every game matters. And uh, it's not as if a win over a a good team in January or February means you're going to the NCAA tournament, but improves your seeding. You know, it gives you a home court advantage in the early rounds of the quarterfinals, right? It it gives you a potential buy, uh, you know, into Indianapolis, um, you know, for the the Horizon League uh, championship. So the bottom line is there's so much on the line. And that's what we're going to talk about with Jordan Burnfield coming up here in a moment. March starts here in Indianapolis. The Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championships will take place at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum on March 11th and 12th in Indy with trips to the NCAA tournament on the line. Follow your Horizon League men and women's basketball teams on campus during first round and quarter final games before joining them in Indy for a major experience in the semifinals and championship rounds. For more information, everybody, Make sure you check out and visit horizonleague.com slash indie. 
So make sure you check that out. All right, Jordan, Jordan Burnfield, he's been a regular guest on the podcast for quite a few years uh, and excited to catch up with him here for this week's edition of Reach the Horizon. We talk about uh, the call that he'll be on on Friday night, Wright State at Youngstown State. It's going to be a red out. Uh, it's going to be a raucous environment. We're going to talk about that, uh, plus talk about uh, the storylines heading into Horizon League play. And obviously, with him doing this for so long, what are some of the major changes he has seen in the conference over the years? Jordan Burnfield, our guest on this week's Reach the Horizon. Justin Kinner with you here, Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, and excited to bring on our next guest, of course. He's a very familiar voice that has been with ESPN for quite some time and has been the voice of Horizon League basketball on our ESPN broadcast, of course. We have Mr. Jordan Burdenfield, and uh, Jordan, we've already had uh, one ESPN game in the books with Wright State uh, welcoming in Cleveland State last week. You got another Wright State game on ESPN uh, to this uh, this Friday night as they uh, are on the road taking on Youngstown State, another their season uh and already off to a great start the conference is off to a great start it is and you know i think that every year you know it's it's in vogue to say that the league is wide open i don't know that it's quite as wide open as it's been in recent seasons justin but there are several teams that i think are going to as this season goes along uh really make a, a fight to win the horizon league championship i think additionally you know when you look at uh, this league where we are right now, you know, I, I'm very interested to see a number of different storylines, not only because I think it's proven over the years that I'm a Horizon League dork and I follow this stuff and that's why I love uh, being a part of this league. But, you know, with Sam Vincent out, can Northern Kentucky be what I think we all thought they would be at the beginning of the year? They've already got a couple of impressive league wins despite Vincent being out. Will they be able to sustain that? through the year. Is Purdue Fort Wayne going to be able to keep this up? I mean, I think what John Kaufman's done already is amazing. I, you know, I think going into the year, we really had no idea because they lost all those seniors from a year ago. Could they sustain the level of success that they've had in recent years with an entirely new team? The answer appears to be yes, but we'll see as the league continues where they're going to finish out. You know, Wright State to me is one of the most talented offensive teams in America. The numbers obviously bear it out, but they're an incredible offensive team. And you know this, Justin, because of what you do. I mean, whether their defense is good or not, Scott Nagy is going to complain about their defense year in and year out. You know that that's just a thing that he's going to do. But when you look at where they are right now, obviously the defensive effort just hasn't been what they need it to be. If they can get it to just a mid-level, their team is so explosive offensively you know, are they the team that cuts down the nets in, in Indy in March? Uh, you know, Green Bay has taken a huge step forward. And what Sonny Wicks has been able to do in one year, you know, in the portal era, you can turn things around quickly. He's done it. Oakland, I think, when you look at their start and the schedule that they played, you know, camp is always going to play an incredibly tough schedule. They did. And I think that they're positioned extremely well uh, to be awesome again. Uh, Cleveland State is a program that Daniel Robinson has beautifully taken over and is going to be in the mix. I mean, I've named five teams there, and that doesn't even include Milwaukee, which finished second in this league last year and ended up in Indianapolis. So, you know, I think that there, it's going to be a mix of those teams. I do think that, you know, with those guys, and, and I don't know if I mentioned Youngstown State, but, you know, they're the reigning regular season champs. 
Jared has changed this team, I think, to be a little more defensive-minded than they were a year ago. I think he's a brilliant coach. I mean, I think that as the season goes along, that list is going to narrow. But right now, I think any of those teams could be in the mix, and that's one of the reasons why I love this league because it is so compelling. It's so interesting. And from a team standpoint uh, and a league standpoint and a TV standpoint, every week is fun because, you know, you really kind of go into this thing uh, feeling like you are learning things, but at the same time feeling like there's so much more to learn. Yeah, you know, you brought up a good point about the transfer portal and just how quickly it's allowing teams to turn things around. You know, I remember when the portal really started taking off, everyone would talk about how that was really going to dismantle mid-major basketball. And I was in that camp. I'm like, man, this is not good uh, for the Horizon League and others. And although there's still some negative things about it, I think there's just as many negatives for the, you know, for the high major conferences as there are the mid-major conferences. If anything, I feel like it's almost benefited mid-major conferences more because of the examples you just listed. So many teams are turning things around quickly. I mean, you think Cleveland State's on their second coach over the last five-year period, and both coaches have come in fire. I mean, you look at what Dennis Gates did very quickly winning coach of the year. I think it was co-coach of the year with him and Coach Nagy from Wright State at that time. You know, spent a couple years there, took Cleveland State to an NCAA tournament. Uh, and then takes the job at Missouri, and then Coach Robinson comes in, and then they didn't – I mean, last year I thought that they were going to take a step back. They were one of the most competitive teams in the league, and they're off to a great start this year as well. Purdue-Fort Wayne, we thought they were going to take a major step back, maybe two or three, uh, and they've taken five steps forward. I mean, th- these teams have all benefited greatly from this portal. You mentioned Green Bay. Green Bay's another one. Uh, you know, when you lose a coach, you should be worse than you were the year before. They add a coach. Uh, what I mean by that is because the roster management, right? Green Bay is way more competitive than they were a year ago. So I feel like the portal has, in a way, helped mid-major basketball, even though I don't think coaches would agree with that. But I feel like it's allowed teams to quickly uh, regather themselves, if you will. I'm thinking about it as you as you were talking. I, I don't know. I, I think it would be uh, – there's definitely ways in which you can rebuild quickly. There's other ways in which it can hurt you. I think that as a larger point, the fact that it really – hasn't been regulated, I think, in the best way uh, by the NCAA globally, um, has created challenges just based on the permutations that exist uh, within the, the use of the portal. But I think that it can be very beneficial. Um, it can also hurt you. I think when I look at it, especially in the context of this league, it can help you rebuild quickly. It's also interesting to see how, and you see this firsthand every day, Wright State has mostly not been a portal team. Uh, Scott Nagy really values, and I applaud him for it, um, trying to build traditionally, right? And finding freshmen that he can develop in their program. They lost Tanner Holden to the portal a couple of years ago, obviously going to Ohio State. The fact that he's returned speaks volumes about what kind of culture they have at Wright State, the fact that he'd want to come back and that he'd be such a good fit to come back. But when you have those relationships and then a player has an opportunity like that, it's hard to tell them, well, they shouldn't take that opportunity to do it, right? So it cuts both ways. It is interesting how it's gone. I think that the Horizon League schools being located for the most part in major markets, it can be a benefit um, to being 
these schools are in desirable locations, right? You know, if you're looking for a new opportunity, you can go to uh, one of these schools where, you know, you're not going to be in, in a middle of nowhere type place. You're going to be in a major metropolitan era, area rather. And if that is appealing to you, which it would be to me, uh, I think it can be a really good thing. So it does cut both ways, but, but I think that, you know, it's the era in which we are and all of these schools have to adapt to it. And I think what we're seeing is that the result of it is that Horizon League teams are uh, able to build quickly if they need to. Uh, what year is this for you uh, doing the Horizon League games? Oh, uh, God. Uh, for ESPN, it would be year nine. Year nine. Uh, overall, I think my first year in the Horizon League was 09. I want to say 09. Uh, I did UIC baseball was my first Horizon League gig. And then that led to uh, my first time doing Horizon League basketball in 09-10, which would have been the year, that would have been Jimmy Collins' final season, the late Jimmy Collins at UIC. Uh, and I was doing pre and post game and filled in on one game doing play-by-play that season. So uh, it was a rough year for the Flames that year. Uh, but for me, it was awesome because I was right out of school and uh, – it was an awesome opportunity to learn. You know, at that time, you had Butler going to the national championship. You had uh, Valparaiso was an awesome program. I mean, it, it was it was a different era, but it was I, what Butler was able to do for the Horizon League at the time. The eyeballs that were on it, the crowds that you would see at these games, it was extraordinary, and it was such a hook. Uh, to get into this league and uh, you know what a time to to be a part of it especially at the beginning so uh, yeah I mean it's been almost 15 years which is crazy to think my hair was a lot browner when I started (laughs) in the Horizon League that's for sure. When you think back to when you started to now just obviously the the conference I mean look right a lot of change there's a lot of new teams and and everything I know the Horizon League did their brand recharge uh, recently so uh, you know Th- during the stretch you've been doing these games what are what do you think the biggest uh change in the conference has been uh you know just uh, as far as from when you first started covering the league to now i think that the changes globally in college sports are what has shaped things uh for the horizon league uh more than anything else right like i, I think one thing that i've really been impressed with frankly is that the league has had a lot of the same people working in it for a long period of time, which to me says that it's obviously a good culture and a good place to be because they haven't had an exceptional amount of turnover over the years. I mean, Julie's been with the league for a long time and uh, she worked under uh, former Commissioner LeCrone. And you know, I think there's been a lot of stability within the Horizon League for the most part, which speaks to, um, you know, like I said, a great culture uh, professionally to work there and to want to be there. But I think that the the biggest changes are just, you know, in college sports as a whole. And then once conference realignment started occurring, obviously it changed the league, right? I mean, Butler left, uh, Valparaiso left. And so you started to see the Horizon League change. Uh, you know, UIC is not in the league anymore. Loyola was in the league when I started. Um, and they're not in the league anymore. And so as 
conference realignment started to begin at the top and then it started to trickle down into the mid-major level and schools that were having extraordinary success started to think, well, I can, instead of staying in my league and being the top dog, I can go to a bigger conference because of, you know, TV money and all these outside forces starting to change the landscape. That's the biggest change to me more than, than anything else, right? I mean, there are certain schools that have remained in this league for a long period of time, like the one that you're affiliated with, um, like uh, some many of the other ones. But, you know, I think as a result of the changes, you know, you've seen these schools that were formerly of the Summit League come in, and uh, you've seen schools enter like Robert Morris and Purdue Fort Wayne that are new to the league and, and how uh, the footprint of the league has changed a little bit. Um, you know, but but for the most part, I think the, the strength of it is that it has stayed in the Midwest. It has stayed geographically true to what it, it wants to be. Um, you know, it doesn't have any schools in the Pacific Northwest or anything like that. You know, it's still, uh, you know, a, generally speaking, a Midwest footprint in major markets. And I think to the Horizon League's credit, it has sort of realized what it is and has stayed true to its identity. And that's allowed it to flourish, in my opinion. Jordan Birdfield, uh, again, with ESPN. Uh, you hear his voice on all the ESPN uh, Horizon Lake package games, of course. You'll have the call this Friday night, uh, Wright State on the road, uh, taking on Youngstown State, uh, two of the top teams in the conference, obviously with expectations coming in and, and obviously both navigating through their non-con and early portions of league play. Uh, as you prepare for this one, it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's a 9 o'clock tip-off. I hear there's going to be a red out, I believe. I mean, this is uh, Youngstown State. When they fill that place, um, that atmosphere is pretty wild. It's, they are definitely going to have that home court advantage rocking on Friday night. As you prepare for this game, what should fans expect uh, for, with the Horizon League being on full display Friday night with the Raiders and the Penguins? Well, you know, as I am now, I think, officially the old, as uh, the current players would say. Uh, I, I'm the old, right? So I, I've been in this league a long time. But interestingly, until last year, Justin, and, and you know this because you followed this league for a long time, like we, we were never there. We were never in Youngstown. And contrary to what may be believed on social media, we don't pick the games. I do not pick the games. ESPN picks which games we do. And unfortunately for her, for Youngstown State, because, you know, they were not near the top of the league for a long time. They were not. I mean, we had a few times where they were selected in the package, but we were on the road with Youngstown State. Uh, but what Jared has done at Youngstown is he's brilliant. I think he's done a great job. And as a result, you know, last year they got off to this incredible start and the game got picked at Beagley last year against Oakland. And I had never been to the Beagley Center despite working in this league for a long I mean, I've done plenty of Youngstown State games. And, and Jared, I know, has said this publicly recently uh, in a couple of his press conferences. When we went last year, I, I was truly blown away. I mean, the atmosphere was amazing. Honestly, 30 minutes before game time, the place was full. It was already loud. The students got there early. I mean, it felt big. And from a TV standpoint, I mean, I have covered all these teams. And we, you know, obviously, you know my, my affection for this league. But for us, we want the best TV presentation. They gave it to us last year. It was great. It was 
exciting. It was loud. It was everything you want. And my hope is that it will be that again. And I know Jared has called for that, uh, you know, in his recent press uh, availability. And the fans showed out. And when you get an atmosphere like that, it just elevates the broadcast. People tune in and they go, wow, that's awesome. I want to go see a game there. I want to watch this because it feels like something big is happening. And it, it was, man, it was great. And I think that that uh, is what I'm hoping for. You know, I think Youngstown State is clearly a different mold than they were a season ago. I think the question with them last year was, will they be able to reach the mountaintop in Indy being a very skilled offensive team, but a team that had a little bit of a learning curve defensively and ultimately Northern Kentucky being the best defensive team was the team that, that represented the league in the tournament. And I think it's one of the reasons why Darren is such a great coach at NKU and why they've had the success because he has been able to be a team. His team has been able to be a team in Northern Kentucky that can lock you down when they have to and is why they've had that success. And I think that uh, Jared, you know, being the dynamic coach that he is really addressed that in the portal. They have a totally new team, but with Ziggy Reed and DJ Burns on the interior, they are a much better defensive team. I think we're going to see that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Wright State responds to that. You know, I think the world of Scott Nagy, as you know, and I think he is incredible and has had a great run at Wright State. He's the first one to say that they have to be a better defensive team. They have shown at times that they can be that. I think sometimes their rotation is small enough that there was a little bit of fatigue and uh, you know they have struggled down the stretch defensively in games. If they can match the defensive intensity that Youngstown State's gonna bring, they can score on anybody. And so the, the, the question for me is going to be, you know, who gets enough stops in this game uh, to win it? You know, Wright State, I mean, I watched the game against uh, Purdue for a Wayne, what was it, Saturday or Sunday, all the day, days blitz. Saturday, yeah. This time of year. <laughs> you know, they, they, I mean, they blitzed them offensively. They were incredible offensively. And that's to no surprise, and that's no disrespect to, to what John Kaufman's team has done to Purdue for a Wayne. They're, they've been awesome, but Wright State is, you know, what are they, second in, in scoring offense in the country, and their field goal percentage is off the charts. I mean, they, they will score on anybody. Uh, but down the stretch, the game got close because – Wright State struggled a little bit defensively. And I think that Youngstown State is the kind of team that can make you pay for that. And so I would think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be a really exciting game. And I think that, uh, you know, with that atmosphere, it's going to be a real interesting challenge to see what, you know, Wright State is able to bring if they're able to take the crowd out of it. If they're not able to take the crowd out of it, there's just so many dynamics that I think are going to be in play. Wright State, to its credit, has always had really good atmospheres at another center. Uh, and so I don't think they're going to be phased by it, but it is going to be, uh, I think, an electric game, an electric atmosphere. And, and I'm, I'm fired up. I mean, if you could zoom time forward to, to Friday at 9 o'clock, I would love to get there because it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, good stuff. Jordan Burnfield, you can see him on ESPN2 this Friday night. Uh, Wright State uh, on the road taking on Youngstown State. And uh, excited to have a chance to catch up with you, Jordan. We appreciate your time. I know we'll probably touch base again, uh, you know, as the season progresses. Uh, and the season's progressing fast. I mean, it's already, uh, you know, 
we're already what two weeks into the new year and uh, already quite a few games into horizon league play and things are starting to heat up. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we're excited uh, to release this podcast and to preview that game on Friday night. All right. I'll see you Friday, Justin. Thanks.